Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 140 uh, of Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. And we are also joined by our frequent guest host, Mr... Noel Mella, hello. Uh, it, it is the in-between Christmas and, and New Year, and we are bringing you a double review show, plus a load of other what we've been watching shit and not much else, which is going to be a good show, I, I, I assure you. Uh, we're going to cover uh, Ron Howard's new film, In the Heart of the Sea, or as we're going to frequently call it, I'm guessing, uh, Thor, Thor versus Moby Dick. <laughs> it was either going to be that or In the Heart of York. Yes, yes, yeah. it was, uh, which I did either rather ironically watch because York is fucking under underwater. Uh, oh, timely satire from Mr. Mallow. Hey, wonderful. Yes, um... I, I was half tempted to, to tweet uh, a random selection of uh, rain-based films, but Becky, when I was pissed in the night, but Becky told me that that would be uh, a little bit inappropriate. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, everyone doesn't know uh, my home city is currently underwater <laughs> uh, and is pretty much fucked. Uh, it was hairy, but I am I am safe and dry uh, currently. Uh, I've not seen any sightings of Moby Dick yet. Um, but I did also lose the internet for a day and a half, which is horrible. The, in fact, not just me, the entirety of York lost all of its phones, all of its internet, and none of the cash points were working, and almost all of the uh, till systems were down at pretty much every single shop. <laughs> we got 4G this, this, this last week in the valleys, okay, which well. is really weird. I like... I just, when I got off the train, I looked on my phone and it said 4G. It was like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> what we is this? Yeah, no, too right, man. And it was just like, wow, okay, fine. This is great. We had a thing through the through the post a couple of months back saying it might start affecting TV signals. I was like, all right, don't have to worry about that for about two or three years. And then bang, 4G. So, so did, you, did you have a 4G contract anyway? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Were you paying for 4G and not? having it there. Oh, uh, well, no. Um, Cardiff has got 4G coming oh, out so of its arse. Right, so when you're in work and everything, then it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just means I've got 4G. It's it's kind of... It, it's good just because it... I know this sounds oh, so first world problems, this, but if I'm streaming Five Live, if I'm, like, having a jog and I'm, like, streaming the football, I used to have dead zones. Yeah. And, like, especially around my house for some reason, and now I don't. So it's just like, you're underwater, now I can comfortably listen to streamed football while I'm jogging. Yeah. So I've had a better week. <laughs> it does sound like, yes, I've also spent the other part of my week uh, back in my old house, uh, currently packing it up to actually hand my keys over whenever my old landlord actually asks me for my keys back. Currently he's not actually contacted us at all. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I fu- fucking... I've got a bit of a ticking time bomb. Like we cleared out my dad's place in September and the the Wiltshire council still haven't been in contact with me about like if they're going to charge us for any repairs and whatnot. So Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing, man. I got, I got a questionnaire from them about um, some works that they did to a radiator. And it was like, I don't have a fucking clue. I don't live there. And I gave the keys back a month ago. Why are you sending me this? <laughs> and it, like, it was just, I, yeah. So anyway, who the fuck knows? Anyway, that's not very interesting, is it? No. Oh, how are you? Did, did, did everyone have a good Christmas? How are, how are you off to uh, 
children's Christmases. Fantastic, really good. Yeah, it's it's been. I mean, um, obviously Lottie's a little younger than Charlie, but I'm, I, I guess she's at the stage where she's starting to appreciate it a bit more now. Like Charlie this year, he he understood presents, and um, we started to sort. Of, we were talking to him about Father Christmas and leaving out the mince pie and the whiskey and all that type of thing. So it started to sort of get through to him a little bit. Uh, Christmas Day morning came along and he was opening presents and so we gave him a couple of presents and we were sort of reading the labels to him and going to Charlie from Mummy and Daddy and he was like, oh, right. And then when it came to us opening our presents, he'd sort of run over and grab our presents, hold them in front of him and go, to Charlie from Mummy and Daddy. And he's like, no, 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 that one's to Mummy. They're not all for you. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 got the hang of Christmas a, 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 a bit more now, but, you know, not so much that I need to buy him an Xbox yet. Yes, that is that is the good points about having uh, children uh, of a younger age at Christmas. Yep, Lottie was happy with our, her IKEA kitchen. Scared shitless of Father Christmas. Hates him, <laughs> like hates him. Um, but yeah, uh, with her birthday being like straight after as well, yeah. it was it was very difficult to get her to understand that she was saying ho ho bin bean like. <laughs> But and then on uh, Monday morning, yesterday morning, she was like, "Ho ho bean." It's like, no, it's not. It's not ho ho. This is mummy and daddy. Right? <laughs> we we paid for them. I mean, we, we paid, paid for, for these ones. Them. We paid for all of them, you know. But hey, we bloody paid for these ones. So don't you go attributing that to ho ho. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see the uh, the picture you put up of the uh, the kitchen that you you got. Like, it's very very good. Well done. Yeah, fucking took. Me I didn't see that. What's an IKEA kitchen? Did you say? Yeah, yeah. It's on my. I think it's on my Instagram or on Facebook or something. I've been. I've been trying to. Um, I've been trying to decouple myself from the from my phone a little bit more because um, that's going to be a, a big focus for me in the new year. Is just trying to drag the smartphone away from my face and and just you know smell the flowers and read a fucking book or something. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how it works we'll see how long it goes on. See, see, see if it lasts see if it yeah. lasts the course yeah. we got Lottie, we got Lottie's birthday card on CBeebies yesterday though that was good oh yeah I did see that yeah, yeah. that was that, that was pretty I, I always thought that was a myth that they just made these fucking kids up and pretended <laughs> oh mate I tell you what Don had to because it was Christmas particularly she had to send it off in like early November I, I don't know how fucking far in advance they record these things it was ridiculous Mad at that. That was I. I, I, I stopped. We saw that. I thought well, that these things surely don't exist. It's a myth. It was a featured card as well. It wasn't just one of those ones they just stick up in the fucking background. They were like they read out the shit on the back and everything. They like zoomed in on it. Yeah, that's how I fucking roll. Damn right you do. Uh, right. So uh, has anything happened in the film world over Christmas that we need to talk about before we uh, chat the one trailer we've got to chat about? Benedict Cumberbatch looks kind of badass, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. In, in, in general, or in the Doctor, in, in, in the Doctor Strange, Strange story, so. he, he yeah. actually it looks like he maybe he's bulked up a little bit, a smidge. Is it just the, is it just the entertainment? Is that the only one image that's been? There's there was that, and there's one of him like doing a spell, yeah, or oh, pointing or something, yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, all I've seen, I'm just looking now. All I've seen is the uh, is the Entertainment Weekly one, but um, six. 
struggling. I, I'm, I'm really, really struggling to get excited for any of these films at the moment. And I know that hopefully once sort of trailers start rolling out, I'll start getting more excited. But at the moment, I'm just looking at it going, I don't care. The thing is, it's it's an interesting enough director choice. I mean, like Scott Derrickson, kind of like James Gunn, it's not really a name you'd associate with big blockbuster cinema. And, I mean, the cast is interesting, you know, I mean, like, um, uh, Cumberbatch Benedict, and uh, Juatel Ejiofer, and Tilda Swinton, Mads Mikkelsen is the bad guy, you know, it's... Um, cast, like you say, that's a, it, it, it's, it's, it's a different kind of cast, for especially this type of movie. Yeah, so I, 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 I retain hope. I like the Marvel films generally, so, you know, and it looks like this is going to be... It looks like this is going to be a bit different again, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. It'll probably be the third act will probably be something big falling on Earth. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, I, the thing I, is, it's, it's not it's it, I'll be honest. Obviously, I'm excited for it. I always was going to be anyway. But seeing this image, it doesn't really do anything more or less for me. It looks like. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange in exactly the way that I thought he would look. That image was pretty much already in my head anyway, so seeing it now is just like, uh, well, yeah, that's what it looks like. It doesn't make me excited. It's just, well, there it is then. You know, it's not, I don't know. I'm not, I was never going to be any more excited or less excited for it, I don't think. But, you know, I don't feel bad about it or good about it or I didn't get a sort of shiver of excitement of finally seeing Doctor Strange. It literally just looks exactly like it did in my head. Yeah. Which I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad yeah, thing. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, right, well, moving on then. Uh, what did you guys think of the uh, Deadpool new Red Band trailer? There was a big build-up to it. Um where they released sort of various kind of images and posters and things building up to uh, the, the big sort of trailer release uh, on Christmas Day. I'm convinced it's going to do absolutely nothing at the box office, but I'm getting more and more intrigued the more they show. The weird thing about Deadpool is, is it doesn't have to do anywhere near. No, mate, it's, I, I think it's going to die a death. I, like, I, even if it's got like a $50 million budget, I don't see it doing 100 million worldwide. I don't. I think it's 30 million. I, th- I think 35 million, I think, is the budget. I can see it pushing 100 million worldwide. Just for the sheer the amount of publicity they're throwing at this fucking thing. It's just, it's it, it, it's publicity to people who are already going to see it. That like, is, yeah. one point, yeah. You show this trailer or that, like, Empire magazine, they did, like, a video of Ryan Reynolds talking about that in the Deadpool costume, and it's just like, you're already advertising this to the people who are going to see it. That's great. You need to do something that's going to get the Marvel, the Marvel Studios audience in as well. At least 20% of them. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yeah, I, I, I could see doing decently. It's not going to do 400 million. Or anything like that. I don't think they think it is. I think, if, I think if this movie pulls in 100 million worldwide, they'll be very fucking happy. I'm intrigued. Noel, what do you think? Yeah, I mean the thing is, is, you say that about the marketing. I, I, I I'm, I'm on the fence with it a little bit because I, I feel like the actual content feels a bit pandering to the audience as well. It's a bit, 
I mean, I know, like, I'm, I'm glad that Deadpool fans are going to get the Deadpool movie that they want, and yes, it's R-rated and isn't that fantastic, but I still struggle with the humour in Deadpool. I always have. Um, the the, the humour in the Deadpool book is very... You know, it's it's very self-referential and it's very sort of, um, you know, meta and stuff like that, and that's great, but it's done in a very corny way. Um, and... I, that's creeping in. The more, you, the more I see of this, I'm still excited for it, but the more I see of it, the more I'm starting to worry about that that very sort of broad, um, corny humour. I, I, they keep going on about his arse and Ryan Reynolds' arse and stuff, and it's just, and you know, the fact that he's sexually, um, what's the word? Um, you know, his sexuality is, is a little bit sort of, is he or isn't he and stuff, and it's just a bit... I don't know. It's not doing that much for me. And even the 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 bit where T.J. Miller sort of in this trailer, where T.J. Miller says something like, "You look like the inside of of other people's assholes." <laughs> That's great, but you, it just feels like another one of those sort of Anchorman style. Well, they did ten of these, and this is the one that made it in. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. This I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm just the 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 humor, the style of humor does concern me a little bit. The thing is, I, I'm looking forward to it for two more. I, I, Deadpool's a character that I get on with really uh, quite well. Um, but the other, the other point is, uh, there's somebody who isn't kind of as invested in the Marvel films uh, as a lot of others. I'm looking forward to it in that sense of that it, it's a different kind of take on these Marvel films. And it, it's more where I'm looking at it going, do you know what? That's the Marvel sort of stuff. That's the comic book movies that, that I want to see. I want to see that rather than the, the, the for everybody films. I want to. I prefer, you know, every five films. If I get that, Deadpool, or I get a Punisher movie, or I get something like that, they're the ones that I want rather than just this constant stream of things falling from the fucking sky in the third act, which yeah. might fucking happen in Deadpool. I don't know, but at least if I get in Deadpool. Plus, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan as well, um, so that that helps sort of me on that because he's he is. In terms of an actor, somebody who's got the physicality and the that kind of bantery wit thing, he's a, he's a perfect um, sort of fit for that character. I think we could it could it could be great, and it could break certain you know it could bre- break certain conventions, and that could be great, especially with it being a Marvel property. So I totally get that. I mean, you know, it's a Fox property. It's actually Fox, isn't it? Yeah. But, I hope it, I hope it's um, ten minutes or shorter as well. Uh, yeah, there's no sh- there's no runtime on it, but um, no. I reckon it's like a hundred minutes. I think it's going to be in and out. Uh, like yeah. it doesn't feel like this needs to be any longer than that. But again, it's the you know I'm all for a violent take and stuff like that. But it's the it's the humor again. And yes, this is an R-rated Marvel character. But I would rather see a I would rather see a an R-rated Punisher or a, um, you know. The stuff that's going on, obviously, on Netflix is is, is yeah. To be think with this, as soon as you introduce humour, I think people are getting very excited about this. But we we have had R-rated comedy comic book movies before, and I think when you add the humour, it starts to feel a bit kickassy and stuff. And I don't know. I'm bit, I just feel a bit cynical about it. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I do as well. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm intrigued because it does seem to be really going whole hog 
and it feels like it's going to alienate a fucking shitload of people. It's it's one where I think like maybe only fifteen percent of those who watch it like it, but that fifteen percent are going to fucking love it. Yeah, that it could be, it could be one of those where it gets a lot of shit, but then you have a load of people going, "No, fuck you, it's great." Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I mean, it kind of comes out in relative doldrums in terms of the release schedule. So, you know, it's without question going for that. Look, you've had all the awards shit. Uh, there's all these kids films out. Why not go and watch Ryan Reynolds um, stab things and say uh, cock jokes for 90 minutes? Mm. Which uh, yeah, I will happily have. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I did laugh at the I did laugh at the kebab line actually. It was just like this is but. Uh, you were thinking this is supposed to be a superhero movie, but that guy just turned that guy into that superhero. Just turned that guy into a fucking kebab. <laughs> I quite like that. That was good. I, I, I do like the idea as well, though. The rumor that apparently um, all of the publicity for it in the sort of week or so leading up to it, Ryan Reynolds isn't going to do any of it. He's going to do all of it as Deadpool, which <sighs> could be quite amusing. Uh, yeah. Watching just Reynolds just turn up as Deadpool on like fucking. Jimmy Fallon and things like that could be could be quite amusing. He's going for it. Fair play to him. It does feel like the act of a man who knows he's probably got one more chance to make yeah. an impression in in mainstream cinema, and he's fucking going full bore. Is, is That's it? it. This isn't the Ryan Reynolds of five years ago. This uh, is a guy who hasn't got that much to lose now. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he's very much an actor now who has gone. Do you know what? I had a crack at becoming a fucking earlister, and it didn't quite work. I'm actually quite glad it didn't quite work because fuck it, I'm rich and I'm married to a really fucking hot woman. So why the shit should I give a fuck? I'm just going to do whatever I want now. And what I want to do is Deadpool, so let's fucking make this shit happen. He's got a great opportunity to win over the cult film, you know, well, mainstream cult film audience with this type of thing, hasn't he, really? So fair play to him. And he's he's got the chops for it. He's, he's, you know, you can tell from the trailer that he's got the chops for Deadpool. Yeah. so I, I'm sure it will work well. Uh, I just, I, I'm just ever so slightly worried the humour won't chime with me. Mm. Well, um, moving on from Deadpool to our first feature review, uh, which is of Ron Howard's In the Heart of the Sea, a.k.a. Thor versus Moby Dick. Uh, yeah. The film stars uh, Thor, uh, Killian Murphy, uh, Ben Wishaw, Brendan Gleeson, Tom Holland, and a bunch of other people that you will go... Oh, it's that guy from... Ugh. Paul Truman from EastEnders. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing half the cast of Peaky Blinders just turned up uh, with Killian Murphy in a car for the ten minutes that he was on set. Mm. Um, mm. Story isn't actually of Moby Dick. It's of the true story. I'm doing little bunny ears down, which makes no fucking thing unless you actually mention you're doing it, which completely nullifies the idea of it. Um it's the true story uh, of the Essex last voyage, uh, which technically was kind of its first voyage because it was rebuilt uh, for that voyage. Um, told through the eyes of Thomas Nickerson, who is the last survivor from it, who is recanting his tale under some duress uh, to Herman Melville, uh, who eventually would go on to write Moby Dick. Uh, we get told the story essentially focusing on um, Thor's character, Owen Chase, who is the first mate, despite the fact that he was told he was going to be the captain, and we have Benjamin Walker. This is the longest plot synopsis ever, Mark. Is it? Well, I always feel like I've not done enough for this, and I go, right, talk about it, people. It's Thor versus Moby Dick. Thor versus Moby Dick. Uh, (laughs) Ian, 
seen as you seem to want to talk about it so vehemently, what did you think? That was all right. <laughs> I, 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 the thing is, the, the one thing that's left a lasting impression with me and will do is the <laughs> is the inconsistent beard growth in the film. Ah. So, like, I'd want to talk about that more than anything else. Like, there's, I, well, no, I won't. But there is a there is a moment where there's something on screen that says 48 days stranded, and, 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 and Hemsworth literally looks like he's maybe not shaved for a weekend. It's ridiculous. And then in the next scene, it's like four days later, and he's got a full massive beard. Beard is fucking shit, yeah. There's a worse bit of of inconsistency than that, and it is of, at one point, uh, I think around that scene with the the, the lack of beard growth, uh, George Pollard Jr., the the captain, uh, turns up and they re-find, remember what we're all spoilers all the time, guys, uh, refines Thor and his little uh, boat thing, and uh, he looks like he's been eating just normally. And then in the next scene, is like 15 days later, and he's seriously emaciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so there's that. I mean, the, the thing is, this feels like it was caught between two stools, where exactly. it's it's got too big a budget to be the kind of the gnarly, grisly thing it kind of wants to be. Yes. So it, it's it, it's chased at twelve there. Yeah, that's, that's its biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. Twelve A. It wants to be. It wants to not be telling you the story of Moby Dick, whilst also telling you the story of Moby Dick. So it can't make its mind up what it's actually trying to fucking tell you, whilst also at the same time it's trying to go, look, here is the reality of what happened rather than the story of what happened, and like you say, the denialness of it. But we can't really show you that because then we might get a 15 and then we'll lose a lot of money. So they end up doing nothing and you get a bit of a film where it, it kind of finishes and you go, that was all right. It's, it's, it's not a lot happened. It's yeah. And that's such, that's such a weird thing when you think about it as well, because this is, you know, you've got Ron Howard, you've got however much this cost a hundred and odd, hundred million, yeah. million, million. And it's like, why don't you just make Moby Dick? Like, yeah. why, why, this that's, is what, this is supposedly based on this true story, but really, how much is it based on true story, really? Because it doesn't seem that feasible. Um, why didn't you just make Moby Dick? Well, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, that is, that's it. And also, as well, there's, there's no... It is a little bit like Ron Howard is just so in awe of the fact that he knows Thor, that he's like, look, 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 and nobody at any point has gone, just, just to say, Ron... Um, we, Maybe we should be just building a little bit of kind of character relationship between Kelly and Murphy because we've got a bit of a, a scene later on that's supposed to kind of mean something. And Killian has literally been stood around doing nothing for the past two months. Yeah, I mean, there, there are green shoots in the film at times. I mean, the, the camera work in spots is, is really interesting. There's like, I don't know, some almost like first person, like low down views of stuff going on. And it's like cameras fixed on things, almost like it's a GoPro or something like. Yes. And and, 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 and I mean, like, as silly as that sounds, it's kind of awesome that it that is in this story. That's really strange. I actually turned out a Becky one point and said, oh, my God, somebody got that whale a GoPro for Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, I, it, it is interesting to have in there, but it is fucking really noticeable. It, it, I found it a slightly distracting. Actually. No, it's totally distracting. But I was like, I don't know, it perked me up. Yeah. And, you know, there, there wasn't an awful lot in there that really does do that. I mean, because like you say, Mark, the character stuff 
is almost a non-existent. I mean, you have to wonder if there's a three-hour cut of this. Yeah. And, and it just, it like, because, like, the relationship between Chris Hemsworth and Benjamin Walker is embarrassing. Yeah. Because the, the weird thing is, it kind of starts out where you've got Chris Hemsworth is essentially losing his shit about not being given captaincy, and they're essentially saying, look, you're not captain, but you kind of are, because this guy's got no experience, he's just here because of his name. And Benjamin Walker's kind of sat aside, almost kind of nodding, going, fucking right, actually. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. His dad basically goes, you need to be a dick, and he, and he just, <laughs> he doesn't really react to it. He kind of goes, doesn't sort of go, yeah, I do. He, go, he kind of nods and looks a little bit sheepish and embarrassed. And the first thing he does is gets on the ship and goes, well, everything seems to be running smoothly. What I'll do is I'll fuck everything up by being a dick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, it's like they have their big bust up after the like he basically tells them to go into that storm, and then after that, the whale attack happens, and then you never really get any scenes between the two again. No, really, it's just it's like, all in that first twenty minutes, really. Yeah, yeah, and then it's just like it's just all the guys kind of like trying to survive, and you got the one the captain's cousin who's just a dickhead. And it's just what like the, the second hour is basically watching men die slowly. Yeah. Also, but... while we're on that guy, the, the captain's cousin, his sudden change in oh. attitude was really odd. It, that was a sort of you know we've not been given. There's this guy who's been brought into this situation, and he's in a privileged position because he happens to be related to this captain who's also in a privileged position. So you know he's a bit of a dick, and you know. He, he shouldn't really be there. He's not going to get on with the sort of real men of the ship and stuff like that. So he's he's positioned as that sort of, you know, uh, bitchy kind of outsider character. Yeah. And then he's taking his life for the for the sake of the captain. It's just like, where the fuck did that come from? I, 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 he's, he's barely said five words to this cousin of his during the course of the actual film. Mm. Yeah, they do position him as the weasley little bastard and he gets yeah. weasley little bastard scene. Yeah. Do you know what? You... Your weaselly bastardness could have made this film a little bit more interesting. Yeah. If you if you'd have just been kind of sort of sort of saying things to people around that sort of the ship, and we we've got that, but we we don't. It, it focuses entirely too much on just showing Thomas Nickerson essentially just fucking looking at Owen Chase and going, God, he's fucking good at me. I wish I was Thor. Well, that's the thing. You have this You have this great <laughs> setup. Where, you have this great setup where you've got you know the Chris Hemsworth character and the captain and there's there's this thing going on there. There's an opportunity there for some behind-the-scenes politics. That cousin would have been perfect for that. Also, a little bit more of um, Killian Murphy on that side of things as well because you sort of, you know, you get you get a little bit of that but, you know, there's a real opportunity there for, for the, you know, the bits where the, the boat isn't being smashed up by a whale, I'd be much more interested to spend time around that. Yeah, I mean the the, the the relationship between Killian Murphy and him, it, it's you, you it kind of it jumps all of a sudden once he gets kind of hit by that thing and the the, the shitty old fucking cousin, he's sort of saying you know well you know why should we be feeding a dead man and all that lot and then the, the other person from the crew is saying oh they've they've known each other since they were kids and they've sailed all their lives and they're like brothers it's like we didn't get that from anything that happened before it just seemed like they kind of knew each other because they they're were just mates job you know yeah. that's it. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to kind of get on board with that. And like you say, it, it could be that there's a three-hour version uh, of it, you know, out there. 
that kind of that pads that out. But it, what I would say there is, if there is a longer version that builds this out, then there's so much of this you could have just fucking cut and put more interesting stuff in. Well, I mean, the, I mean that's the thing. It feels like it's the bare minimum that was actually needed. And what I'll also say is the marketing did a terrible job with this because oh, yeah. it, it does, like Steve said on the show last week, he thought it was called Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it's just like, yeah, from the marketing, you would think that. And then you get the film itself, and how many scenes of the whale majorly attacking are there? Like, maybe two, and then the third one, he's going to attack, and then Chris Hemsworth has some sort of telepathic connection with him, and he's like, all right, mate, chill. Yeah. I'm not going to throw this at you. And then the, the Moby Dick's like, all I did for, I loved you in the okay, dark world. Buddy. I, don't, I don't care what anybody else says, I loved you in the dark world. Bye! You know, can you imagine that that in the next Avengers film, Thor's just when he comes, when he just smashes the hammer thing and he comes down out of nowhere, he's gonna come down riding a fucking whale, wham, <laughs> and, 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 and fucking Iron Man's gonna go, what, what's that? And he's gonna go, Bobby Dick. And no, he'd just be like, that was for the guy from Peaky Blinders, whatever his name is. <laughs> yes, that was it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it, it just it's... that was for the Scarecrow. Who? Yeah, yeah. Shit, wrong, yeah. wrong universe. Nothing. Ignore me. Carry on, Tony. I, I just, nice. I just, it, it's it's such a film of missed opportunity, and the, you can kind you can see what Ron Howard was going for. He, like he wants to do in the shit, interesting camera work. I mean, the cinematographer was Anthony Dodd Mansell, who, um, you know, he, what was he, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Was, yeah. yeah, you know, he did the celebration and like he's a big dog, Dogman '95 guy, and he, you know, he, he shot Rush and Slumdog Millionaire. These like visually vital vibrant films and, and, and you know he's trying to do his thing on a stately period epic but it did uh, feel a little bit like it was deadliest catch 1800s yeah sure sure I, 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 it just it's I, you know it, there, there was interesting stuff in here but it's completely waylaid by the fact that it cost a shitload and stars Chris Hemsworth mm. yeah and the the opening kind of five, ten minutes that we get the build-up to them actually getting onto the Essex, did feel incredibly like, you know those weird kind of, uh, uh, that always seem to start people like fucking Ray Winston and stuff like that, that are on Sky at Easter for some reason, uh, like two-part specials, it felt yeah. a little bit like one of those. Yeah, 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 no, totally. I, I, and also, I, I will say as well, you know, we're told that Chris Hemsworth, you know, he, he should be captain, blah, blah, blah. We never see it, and it's basically Ron Howard going, you think Chris Hemsworth should be captain, don't you, audience? Yeah? Yeah, it's Chris Hemsworth, isn't it? Well, because yeah. he's Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because he looks incredibly like kind of, um, that, that kind of seafaring guy, and he looks dashing and all that lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Benjamin Walker looks like, like kind of dickhead, arrogant captain who won't take no for an answer. And then you've got Killian Murphy, who looks like traditional best friend of the leading guy who's not as good looking as the leading guy but he's still palatable enough yeah you know it's like even the looks of these people feel like it's just hey this guy looks like this you know what his character is yeah we don't need to fill in the but you've got it you know yeah. what's going yeah. on yeah it is but i mean even to the point of where um brendan gleason's like he's saying no, i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna tell you like, your fucking wife says you are all right i'll tell you <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that was that was good as well. I don't know. I, I mean, even that you need you need a you need a Weasley author. Ben Whishaw was your man. Yeah. You need drunk old man with regret. Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. You know, it's, it's, it does seem like that was recorded in Brendan Gleeson's shed <laughs> at the bottom of Brendan Gleeson's garden, and then it went ah, oh, just Ben, just go down and see Brendan, just take a fucking camcorder and record this. All right, I will do. Yeah. It's like Ben Wishart desperately trying to not sound like Ben Wishart as well. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. It's, it's is, a real missed opportunity, this, sorry. The thing is, he's like, it sounds like we're going for it, um, and, and I guess we are, and I think we're going for it on the basis that it wasn't, um, you know, the, there was plot problems there, and it maybe should have been a bit more politics on a boat, which would have been great, but the one thing I will say is um, I was watching it with uh, the in-laws and um, I was watching it with the in-laws and, and Claire and out of the four people that were watching that film, three of them were hating it. And you know what it's like when you're in that kind of situation, when you're in a room and you can tell that all three of the other people in the room hate that film. It, can't, <laughs> it, 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 tends, to, it tends to make the film shit for you too. But in this case all the way through, I was like, no, fuck you, I love this. I'm really enjoying this. So, as much as it sounds like we're going for it, I actually really, really enjoyed this film. It just... Not, it's, it's just for the, It was for the fun of it. It was... That's you know, it. If, if it had been a little bit more jaunty sea adventure, yeah. it would have been a lot better film in, yeah. in Ron Howard's hands. If you're Ron Howard, don't try and make a realistic-looking version of the story of the Essex, because for a start off, you left out most of the fucking interesting shit that happened. Mm. You know, like the fact they burnt a fucking island down um, when they were trying to survive and wrote off like three or four different fucking species of animals uh, doing it and then just fucking left it on fire. That is more interesting than, well, we, we just, we, we wandered around this island and we, we built these rafts out of but, yeah, I mean, rafts. This is... Like the studio saying, we can't have Chris Hemsworth burn down an island. Well, exactly. Animals, you know, it's just... Do, do the, the, the jaunty sea adventure. That's it. They couldn't... Re- it feels... The problem is, it, it didn't know whether it was Master and Commander or it was Moby Dick. Yeah. And it sort of bobbled, bobbled about between the two things, really. I mean, I, I... The thing is, it was like December the 28th. It's the period between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. I was happy just to watch this go for a couple of hours. Yeah, I think that's exa- I think that's why I had the experience that I had because I was just happy to to just be watching a film. Like, <laughs> like if, yeah, no, no, totally. I mean, if it was a summer film, God no. Mm. If it was more awards chasing, God no. But it just settles in that I'm really, really full. I've got a drink in my hand. Yeah. I'm just going to stare at this for a couple of hours and maybe have one or two bright spots, which is damning with faint praise like you wouldn't believe. But like you say, I had a perfectly okay time watching it. It's just afterwards, it is just like, I'm never, ever going to think of that film yeah. ever again. And at the same time, if anybody ever says to you, it comes up to you in work and says, I was thinking about watching In the Heart of the Sea. Which they did, if somebody actually said to Oh, really? And you so- said... He saw on he saw my status update on Facebook about the beard growth, and he right. was just like, "Is that seriously the, the the thing you remember most about the film?" I was like, "Yeah, I enjoyed it enough, but beard yeah. growth." 
is the thing I will remember. <laughs> so what do you reckon then, guys? Is it shit, definitely not shit, or touching cloth? It's like, it's a really, really mild, definitely not shit, or very, very high up touching cloth. I'm, I'm at a very mild, definitely not shit, a, a very mild, definitely not shit, because like you guys... For all its problems, and it has a lot of them, it, it did kind of waft over me in a, a nice kind of. Well, I wouldn't say it was great, and if I, you know, and like you say, if I'd have seen it, if I'd have been pumped to see it, I'd have been really disappointed. But it, 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 it filled a hole in my time quite nicely. See, that's it. I can only. I would never, you know, if, if I was if I was talking about this film in terms of the quality of the film and the quality of the writing and how it was put together and everything like that, then I would be firmly in the definitely I would be firmly in the shit category. Um, but I can only ever comment on a film based on what my experience of it was, and I had a great time watching it. So for me, it's it's definitely not shit. Cool, cool. Uh, right. So we'll move on to some what we've been uh, watching, uh, and I'll throw it at you. First, no. What what have you been watching uh, in the past sort of few weeks? Uh, well, yeah, I've oh, what have I been watching. Right. Well, I'll start with the big one, I suppose. Um, I was uh, delighted to hear TGP seventy three on the podcast the other day. I've never heard that man's voice before, and he's uh, he's great. I didn't get as far as the um, I didn't get as far as the actual review, but uh, I managed to listen to the first maybe half hour or so of the show. Um, and yes, it was good to hear that. Um, and yeah, on that tip, I, I went to watch um, a little sci-fi movie that's on at the cinema at the moment called The Force Awakens. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily intending to, to see this film at the cinema. Um, similarly to Mark, I'm I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I, I'm 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 indifferent though. Mark seems to actively dislike the, <laughs> the films. I, I... Um, like them, but I, I, I don't want to be a, a dick. Oh no, 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 no! I totally get. No, I totally get that. But, but the thing is, is this whole journey of listening to you week by week go through these films. I was fully expecting you to come round a little bit, and it sounds like you actually dislike them more now than you did before. Mm. So, um, me, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm indifferent. Like, uh, there's been ones that I've liked. There's been ones that I've not liked. I don't rewatch them. I just, I'm not that bothered. Um, the fact that this was potentially going to be, the cinemas were going to be full all the bloody time, uh, just put me off going to see it. So I was just like, well, I'll just wait until it comes out on Blu-ray or something. Um, but I was given a, um, we were supposed to be working on, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, in the morning and the boss gave it us off at the last minute. So I thought, well, that's my opportunity. Then I'll grab the 10 o'clock show in on the Christmas Eve morning, uh, went along and thoroughly enjoyed it. Like really enjoyed it. Um, I actually don't know your thoughts on this yet because I've not, as I say, I didn't get to that, that part of the podcast. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the one thing I will say is the more time I've had to think about it uh, after that that initial watch, I've kind of come to dislike it a lot more. Um, it's an enjoyable cinema romp, and yes, it's Star Wars, and yes, it's back, and isn't that great? Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is it's 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 borrowing way too much from 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 the series the the whole it's a, it's almost the whole notion of like a sorry, reboot what? it's almost like it's a reboot within yeah 
And it, it, I just I don't understand why they can't just try something different or just try telling a slightly different part of the story. It's just like some people we know have had a kid and he is either going to be good or be bad. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. a Death Star is being built by some people who want to rule the galaxy. And you can apply that plot line to basically all of the Star Wars films now. And I don't understand why there's not another... I don't understand why there's not another another plot thread or or more. Um, you know, so, yeah, sure, you can say that, oh, well, this is the film where they're actually... You know, this is Star Wars Episode Seven: The Search for Luke, but that's really not—that's really not that much of a part of it, really, is it? It's, it's literally just about you know those things that I've already said. So, the more I think about it, the more I dislike it. Uh, the one thing that I will say is was my biggest takeaway from it uh, was the casting. I thought the casting was fantastic. Um, with the exception, with the exception of Captain Phasma as the um, <laughs> or Captain Plasma, um, as you know the the person from Game of Thrones, um, I thought every every individual in it was perfect. I thought um, John Boyega was cracking. Um, Poe Dameron is just. I've heard a theory, and maybe it was actually what um, you were discussing on 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 the show. Actually, maybe that's where I heard it. But the theory that basically he's gonna take the, the the Han Solo yeah. character from here in terms of tone um, I'd be more than happy with that because you know uh, he was a fantastic character. I, d- I don't want him to get with anyone I just want oh, no. him to be a fuck machine Yeah he just, no, I just, just want you want him to be that sort of um, you know dashing. cocksure dashing funny slightly sardonic kind of you know let him run with that because he's fucking great at it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need to start fucking someone so that in in six films' time they can have a baby and maybe it'll be good and maybe it'll be bad. And with that, you know, it, 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 I don't think he needs to get that involved. And then, uh, and then in twenty years' time, when we get uh, another re- kind of reboot of it all, it'll be it'll be the it'll be the bad guy will be his son. Yeah. Oh, it's Poe Dameron's son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's. Plot-wise, it's not a very good film um, in terms of the fact that it's basically rehashing bits of other films. It's like a greatest Cast-wise, cast yeah, it's a greatest hits. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's a greatest hits, but it's a greatest hits being covered by uh, a, a fantastic band is yeah. basically what it is, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, there was that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been Christmas, so um, Christmas is a time for sitting down and watching Disney movies with, with your kid, apparently. Um, so first off, I tried Mary Poppins because it was cheap on uh, on iTunes. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> You're a fucking dick. I wasn't into it at all. Um, how much was it again? Was it 3 99 Yeah, I mean, that's fine. It's three ninety nine. I'll never watch it again. Uh, Charlie wasn't interested at all, really. He, he he paid attention through the sort of dancing penguins bit, but you know they're dancing penguins. Kids will uh, pay attention if you jangle keys in front of them. Um, it, yeah, it just it's, I don't like that type of thing. That sort of to- I've, I, when I grew up, I was always um, I was never a fan of Disney films, but I was always a fan of Disney animated films. Um, I think it's become slightly. Uh, fashionable to kind of uh, to, to sort of t- to diss Disney classic sort of animated stuff 
Um, that's never been the case for me. I, I stand by Disney animated movies and, and how good they are. And, you know, sort of seeing them with the fresh eyes of a child, like, you know, through through a child now is, is absolutely fantastic and just underlines for me how good they can be. Um, a massive favourite of Charlie's at the moment is The Lion King. And with that in mind, we watched The Jungle Book just today. Um, and you know, just w- sitting there and, and uh, sitting there and watching the Jungle Book with a, a you know a two and a half year old kid for the first time, and just watching his eyes widen and just watching him fixed on it and be scared at the right moments and be concerned at the right moments and be laughing at the right moments is absolutely perfect. So um, yeah, Mary Poppins, I didn't get on with the Jungle Book, absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, I'm a, what can I say? I'm a fan of Disney animated films. I, I can watch these all day, and I look forward to watching many more with Charlie as well. So, uh, so that was a big hit. Um, finally, I'll just mention um, uh, Steve Jobs. Um, I watched that uh, half of that last night and half of that this morning. Um, yeah, it's a weird one because I kind of appreciate what they tried to do with the plot i don't think necessarily another biopic was you know we don't need another biopic mm. feels like we all know all this stuff now um so by taking those sort of three points in his career and sort of covering that and showing you the sort of behind the scenes of what led up to those uh, those three moments is great um it's also a perfect opportunity to get aaron sorkin writing stuff uh, so it makes absolute sense. You've got people walking around in corridors and walking into rooms together. Who are you going to get to write that? You're going to get Aaron Sorkin to write it. Um, and that's great. The problem I had with it is all of that walking and talking feels like it's building up towards something. And then when it gets to that moment, you don't get that moment. It just sort of skips over a bit of time and you're on to the next walking and talking through corridors bit. Um so, you know, I guess you could say, well, if you want to watch those speeches that he gave, go online and watch them. But from a from a narrative point of view, I just felt like I was being sort of blue balled at each point. Build up, build up, build up. And then you don't actually get to see what it was building up towards. It would uh, be good if we had like the 20, like the half an hour or so of like backstage and then the hour and a half of Michael Fassbender doing the presentation. And yeah. the film, and the film's six hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Maybe there's a director's cut in there, but I don't know. I think the thing is, is it's I'm not interested in the the human story of uh, of Steve Jobs. What interests me about Steve Jobs is his his techno his his achievements in in technology and how he um, how he worked with people to develop the things that he developed and his contribution to the world. I don't give a fuck whether he got on with his daughter or not. I just really don't care. Um, so maybe it's just a case of it's not the film for me. But, I'd uh, say that's definitely the case then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just I, I'm not bothered about his relationship with his daughter, especially in a film like this where, you know, it suffers, a biopic like this where it suffers from, um, feeling like it's probably not very accurate and it's it's very fictionalised. I don't see the point in exploring the relationship that he had with his daughter and, 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 and his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend or whatever she was. I don't see the point in exploring that when it's a very fictionalised version of his life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's watchable and it's interesting for um, the, the central performance 
uh, and it's interesting for the dialogue, as it was always going to be, um, and it's inter- interesting for the approach, but uh, I just didn't really get that much out of it, I don't think. It's going to be in my top ten at the end of the year. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Fuck you, no, okay. Cool. Uh, is that is that all, all you want to cover for, for now? No? That's pretty much it, yeah. I watched half of... Um, Ah oh, shit, Spotlight. I watched half of Spotlight, but I'm, I'm going to watch the other half later, I think. Nice. Cool. Uh, Ian, um, do you want to go through what you've been watching this past sort of week or so? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll say I'm about 40 minutes away from the end of The Walk. Uh, I'll talk about that more next week, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mouth is terrifying. <laughs> um, seriously. The, it, like The first 30 seconds of the film, well, the first minute or so, is him talking directly to the camera, and it's like they've even, like, because his face looks a bit fucked in that film. I don't know whether they've done some CG manipulation or I, something. They always do that with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. But, like, it's like they've done something to make his mouth 5% more expressive. <laughs> and it's a bit uncanny valley. It's really fucking weird. Um, but, yeah, I'll talk about The Walk next week. Um, so I'll talk about... This year's Hansel from Zoolander, It's So Hot Right Now film, um, which, Tangerine. Oh, yes, yeah. So this is the film that was shot on an iPhone 5. And was it actually though? Was it one of is it one of those that it was or was it? It, it? it was. It had like other equipment for like the sound and whatnot. But the yeah, I mean to be fair, it looks like it was shot on an iPhone 5. <laughs> um, so. Basically, this film has had a lot of attention because it combines being shot on an iPhone 5 with being uh, about uh, two transgender people. And so you've got the hot ticket topic at the moment. Things of like 2015, the democratization of media and transgender together in one package. And it's fine. It's decent. I enjoyed it. But it's. I was listening to um, Film Spotting's top 10 at the end of the year, and like every single person on it who had a list, I think, had Tangerine on there. And they were talking about um, how it gives a new. Uh, a new look at, at the world of LA and how it's so exciting and vibrant. They don't say, though, that the storytelling feels quite artificial. And. The last 10, 15 minutes in particular, there's a revelation which felt like it came from my first film school project. (laughs) And it it really, it was like, right, okay, so we're doing this, are we? There there has to be something which is going to tear the two best friends apart. And here it is. And it's like, right, I watched a guy go into a car wash and get a hummer from a transgendered prostitute about half an hour ago in this film and now you're doing with uh, spoiler alert for tangerine now you're doing you slept with my boyfriend how dare you and then it's just the two prostitutes are annoyed at each other because one of them slept with the other one's boyfriend and now the, the, the other one was supposed to be getting getting married to one of them and it, it, it's just, I was, you're watching this interesting, almost looks like it was shot like Crank 2, <laughs> like really handheld, 
kind of almost trippy kind of cinematography just from how stark it is. And it's really interesting visually. Um, and the, the two... The two actresses, fair play, they're real transgendered prostitutes. They're still shit at acting. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, and by the end of it, I was just like, 100% respect for what they, they, they've done there. Really a good, low-budget filmmaking. The writer-director guy, Sean Baker, I'm interested to see what he does again. I am hoping that his narrative doesn't spunk off a oh you secretly slept with my boyfriend thing. It's just it like that's not interesting. Mm. And it almost feels like the, the goodwill of the we're shooting this on an iPhone five, it's about transgender community kind of thing, is making up for the fact that the narrative is not amazing. I was just going to say, actually, do you think it's a case of, like, maybe his next film will be better because his contracts will be up and he'll be due for an upgrade so he can get an iPhone 6S? Oh, man, yeah, well, the 6S can shoot in 4K now, can't it? Oh, fantastic. So, well, we can just wait for his next film, then. The iPhone, the iPhone 6 can do slow-mo. So, you know, even if he just gets an iPhone 6, he can at least put some slow-mo sequences in there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's... I mean, the, the thing is, it just... It feels like the... In the film this and it follows are the ones that people are banging the fucking drum for this year and people are so fucking desperate to point out and go i've seen this and it was brilliant yeah i I was really up for this film you've really put me off it it's uh, no i mean it's fine 3.5 out of 5 you know, it's a, it's only like 80, like 85 minutes or 92 minutes or something. Actually, it might be 84 minutes. It's short anyway. You know, and I mean, it's, there's some funny. It will be because his battery will run out. <laughs> I mean, nice. Um, there's some funny, yeah, but fucking, a shooting video on an iPhone 5. <laughs> like, you'd get an hour and 20 minutes out of that. I don't know. Um, it's, I, I, I mean, it's, 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 in, I had a good time watching it. I mean, Donna, like, walked in on me watching it. And she was like, what the fuck is this? Um, you know, and it, it did go, it, I felt slightly dirty, if I'm honest. Well, you, weird, you're looking off in your living room. Yeah, no, to, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it, I, I had a good time watching it. It is, it is genuinely funny in moments. And it's, it is a bit screwball comedy and it kind of reaches a crescendo in terms of the kind of ridiculousness about 20 minutes from the end. And I was having a good time then. It's just then the revelation kicks in and I, it, I don't know, it, it, it just got a lot less interesting from there. It just, if you don't go in thinking it's the next great hope of indie cinema, I, you'll have a better time watching it than I did because I went in pretty pumped for it considering all the words it's it's it i mean christ it is nowhere near as bad as it follows but it's it's still i don't genu i genuinely don't see how this is in people's top 10 lists unless they want people to read their top 10 lists that is yeah. exactly probably why i'm majority of the time to be honest so there you go it's it, i mean it's cynical but it is what it is um Okay, so uh, I watched, uh, I rewatched Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, which is great. That film is great. Yes, um, like really, really fucking good. Um, and um, Christ, when did we last record? Uh, the Thursday before. 
Christmas, was it? No, it wasn't. It was Sunday, wasn't it? It was Sunday before Christmas. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. I watched uh, Scrooged. Yes. Was, come on. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Elf, After Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol. It's after Christmas now. It kind of feels pointless talking about them. <laughs> well, I watched I watched um, Christmas Vacation, obviously. Uh, Gremlins, Scrooged, and It's a Wonderful Life. There you go. So that's all them knocks on the head. What, what else have you got, Mark? Oh, okay. Me, me now. Cool. Uh, right. I, I've watched a few. Um, I'll, I'll do the ones I liked first. Um, I rewatched Heat um, because it's um, 20 years uh, since Heat came out. Uh, and I was reading this on Rolling Stone. There was um, a big kind of a, a huge article um, talking to Michael Mann where he was essentially talking about, you know, how Heat came about and it, it's, a, it's a fascinating story about how how he actually ended up getting made uh, never mind the actual getting towards the actual film and there's so many sort of different bits like the fact that um you, you know uh, robert de niro's character is based upon a real criminal um called uh, neil mccauley uh, that chuck adamson who wrote for uh mammy vice and a few other bits uh was kind of chasing down uh, when he was in the uh, elite crime unit uh, of in, in Chicago, um, which, funnily enough, he was in the elite crime unit. Do you know one of the other guys who was with him in that elite crime unit was? Go on, uh, Dennis Farina. Oh bloody hell! Yeah, they were in they were in the elite crime unit in Chicago together at the same time, and that's that's how um, uh, Chuck Anderson got introduced to to Michael Mann uh, because uh, Dennis Farina was one of the uh, advisors on Thief. Um, all those years ago, which was Man's first film, I believe, I think, wasn't it? Um, Thief, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of interesting going back to all that. And, and plus, uh, you said some uh, the other day, Ian, uh, about, I believe it was Star Trek, where you said that it was like a, a who's who of they're so hot right now in, yeah. in the late... In no, 2009, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, he is a little bit like, you know, you, you go through... Heat, and this is the cast. You've got Al Pacino, De Niro, Tom Sizemore, Amy Brennan, uh, Ashley Judd, Ted Levine, John Voight, Val Kilmer, um, William Fitchner's in there as well. You know, you've got a, a hell of a cast, and then you look back at it and go, they were all like, this was fucking hell, look at that cast. And you look back at it and go, fucking hell, look at that cast. But I think there's also an argument to make that not one of them has made a better movie since Heat, and all of their careers have kind of gone downhill a little bit since um, Heat, really. Um, and I'm not going to talk much about Heat, because it is a staggeringly good movie. It's, it, it's incredible. It's three hours long, and it fucking zips by, and that heist um, sort of in the, the third act is, is just fucking incredible it's it's a brilliant film um so 20 everyone, years though man that's crazy i know it's 20 years but there's this when you go back and watch it it is one of those films where you're watching it going this film is fucking perfect and it's it's very rare you ever say that about a movie but that film is absolutely perfect yeah uh, it even it even makes Danny treasure look like a fucking decent actor which is you know love Danny treasure but let's be honest the guy ain't a fucking great actor uh, but this manages to sort of give him a role where it kind of works for him. Um, other films I've watched have kind of been kind of loose kind of catch-up ones for stuff that I wanted to watch um, end of year and stuff that I just kind of missed. Uh, 
I've, I've watched Spotlight, but I won't go into it because uh, I know you've not watched it yet, Ian, and no, you're halfway through it. Uh, what I will say is I really fucking liked it, uh, oh. but I'll talk about it probably more when... when um, is it is it better than The Cobbler? It is better than The Cobbler, but I was quite I, I was actually quite alarmed at how many people had The Cobbler as like their worst film of the year for this year. There's no fucking way that film is mental, and I kind of love it. Yeah, and I was looking at going, oh, Ian's going to be angry about this. <laughs> it's there's a cobbler mobile at the end. Yes, it's it's the the cobbler. I fucking that film. Yeah, uh, I watched uh, The Intern, which is uh, the Robert De Niro and Hathaway. Was this for your consideration for your year-end top ten, was it? It was not in consideration for my year-end top ten. It was just, uh, it was sort of like Boxing Day at about sort of midday. And I know it was, it was Boxing Day night. Oh, I thought, I'm, I'm full of food uh, and I haven't got the concentration span to watch anything serious. <laughs> so it's the film. It's the film my mum asked me about at Christmas this well, year. So that's my that's my my completely does not give a fuck about movies. Mother said, "Oh, I quite fancy that new one. What's it called now? With oh, with Robert De Niro." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll download it." Well, I mean, it, I mean, take you to the cinema. To watch. Yeah, the the, the story is uh, De Niro. George didn't mean joy. No, 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 no. She she definitely, definitely. No, okay. she definitely, yeah, defi- no, it was definitely the intern. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, story is you got De Niro plays a seventy-year-old uh, retired widower um, who essentially it, it does stuff to keep himself kind of occupied. It, he's not a moping around, you know. I'm trying to do stuff, feeling sorry for myself. He's very much a, you know, happy with life, but likes to keep himself kind of busy. To, My to wife's do- dead. Fuck it. Yeah, which is essentially what it's like, but he. He kind of he wants to do more, uh, you know. He wants to keep himself busy because his mantra is, is: once I stop being busy, I'll just die. So if I keep myself busy, that won't happen. And, and you know, he's quite a happy character. So he applies to be uh, a senior intern at a a company um, that's near to him, that's run by uh, Anne Hathaway. The company's been going about eighteen months, and it is a essentially like an online clothing store. Um, so he goes to that and ends up being assigned to be uh, Anne Hathaway's intern. And the whole kind of idea of the story is he ends up just being kind of like, they all think that he's going to be this little bit of a joke. And he, he freely admits, you know, that carries himself, you know, that it is a little bit of a joke, this senior intern thing. But fuck it, why not? I'm, I'm happy to be here. And, you know, every day he turns up in a suit and they go, you know, you don't have to wear a suit. And he's like, yeah, but I, I actually, I want to wear a suit because I'm used to it and, that's what I want to do. And it's like, fine, fair enough, you wear a suit, fucking A-OK. And the great thing is, at no point in the film does he stop doing that. It isn't like he turns up at one point and he's wearing like a hoodie and a T-shirt and he's like, yo, I'm... Yeah, there's not that. Throughout it, he maintains that. And he ends up kind of, essentially, becoming kind of integral to the to the running of the company because they realise that, hey, he might be 70, but business... The ideas of business haven't actually changed that much since he's been there. And it's the thing about it is everything, all the beats that you expect it to have, it, it pretty much has without going down that, like you say, him turning up in a fucking hoodie and then making street kind of thing. Uh, it hits, hits all the other beats that you expect it to hit, but it does it in a really quite nice and pleasant way. It, it's a perfect afternoon movie to watch. It feels like it feels like the tra- I've not seen the trailer. Oh, actually, I have, but I can't remember it. Um, the, it feels like the trailer 
should have um, Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel as, as the music for it. It is a little Am bit... Am I on tone <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit like that, but there are a, there are a couple of moments where you go, fuck it, and there's a moment where... where fuck it, I, I don't think you two actually give that much of a shit about the film, so I can spoil it, can't I? Yeah, I'll get to it, but I'm not that bothered. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a moment where... Actually, I won't give it away, but there's a moment where you go, oh, please no, please don't be this. And and then it it, it is that. And you're like, oh, fucking hell. And then throughout the rest of it, you're going... Anne Hathaway finds De Niro in a cruel space. <laughs> not, not quite. I was just going to say they find out De Niro's a convicted paedophile. Uh, <laughs> all the way through, you're expecting something to happen with De Niro, and it doesn't. It, 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 he just He is just a really nice guy. And he is just helping everybody out, and it, it all sort of runs like that. And it, it, it's I, to be honest, I, I I watched it thinking I've got to watch it because it's De Niro. I know I'm not going to like it, but fuck it, I watch everything with De Niro in it, so let's get this one out of the fucking way. And then it finished, and I went, Do you know what? I actually really quite enjoyed that. To be honest, it's not going to be anywhere in my top ten or anything like that, but it was a thoroughly pleasant two hours to spend. To be honest. Yeah, I was just going right. to say, actually, it's two hours, one minute. So does that, do you really feel that extra minute? No, or, no, no, you don't. Well, awesome. that extra minute is, 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 I would say, it's crucial, nigh on essential uh, <laughs> to, the, to the movie. Um, I also watched uh, Sleeping With Other People, um, or uh, as it could should probably be called, um, When Harry Met Sally, The Reboot, because it is When Harry Met Sally. There is a, a point in this movie where... The middle, the middle act is just when Harry met Sally, <laughs> and I am not joking. Exactly the same beats, practically shot for fucking shot of it. Um, story is you got Alison Brie uh, and Jason Sudeikis are, are both um, at a sex addicts meeting thing, but it's not. It doesn't really seem to be that, but they keep calling it. But it doesn't seem to be that. Uh, turns out that they actually lost their virginity to each other um, sort of 13, 12, 13 years earlier. Uh, and they decide that they're going to be friends, but they're not going to sleep with each other because they actually really care about each other as friends. And they're going to help each other along the way of sort of reintroducing themselves back into relationships. But what do you know? They actually end up falling for each other. So it is that. Um, it's... Held together by the fact that personally, I, I really like uh, Jason Sudeikis. Like I said to, to you, Ian, over WhatsApp, I will literally watch anything with Jason Sudeikis in after a good old fashioned orgy, which I fucking adore that movie. And I think I am the only person on the planet that adores that movie. Uh, but I expected to despise this because, to be honest, Alison Brie kind of rubs me up the wrong way because she does seem like one of those people who would tell you how pretty she thinks she is when you meet her. Uh, but she's not actually like that in this. Uh, she's actually quite enjoyable uh, in this. Uh, and Jason Sudeikis just fucking hammers off different um, jokes throughout it. Um, and it, it kind of worked for me, to be honest. I think partially for the fact that I adore um, When Harry Met Sally helped me along the way with it because it did all, like, for a good sort of 40 minutes, make me go, oh, that's what happened in When Harry Met Sally. So, yeah, uh, enjoyed it enough. Like I say, it's not one to rush to watch, but it's a good I will denied. never watch it. <laughs> well, it, you're fucking lost. Is what I, was I would never watch it based on the cast. I just... Yeah, uh, but... those, those two actors are the most boring actors. In, I, I'm sorry, Mark, I, I don't agree. I, 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 we're not on the same page with Jason Sudeikis. 
But Alison Brie added to Jason Sudeikis. That's a film I'm never going to watch. Uh, right. Well, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think I would is what I'll say on it. Um, the final one was a film that I thought I would enjoy. And I'm, I'm now at the point where I think I actually despise it. Okay. Uh, and it's The Lobster. Oh, yeah. Um, which, uh, it was another one of those. It described itself, by the way, as an avant-garde comedy. Go oh. fuck yourself, is what I will say on that. <laughs> uh, it stars a a, a, a very fat uh, Colin Farrell. Um, do you remember Colin Farrell when he was in, like, fucking Pride and Glory? And he was buff as shit. And he thought, my God, you know, if he can do that much crack and still look like that, then maybe there's a chance for me. Now you look at him and go, if he can do that much crack and now he looks like that, there's no chance for me at all. Um, it stars Rachel Weisz for no apparent fucking reason. Um, trailers, make it look like what happens is, is he goes to this hotel and it, it, you know everybody has to be in love and if you're not in love by a certain time, you turn into a um, an animal and he's chosen a lobster to turn into. Uh, and that's what kind of happens. And for the first sort of 40 minutes, hour, that is what happens. And it's quite a nice little jaunty film. And it's kind of a little bit quirky and like that. And then something happens and it goes awful. Fucking cliff. And just becomes a boring, oh, look how quirky we are and how avant-garde we are and everything like this. And it's obsession with anal sex just gets to the point of I, I actually feel like tracking down the director and going right we need to find a brothel because you need to fuck something in the ass to get away from this fucking obsession you've got because it bored the shit out of me towards the end of it I was watching it going end 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 please please fucking end because honestly I was tempted to go do you know what I'm going to stick my fingers up my fucking ass because it's going to be more interesting than this fucking piece of dull shit. It's terrible. And if people tell you it's good, they are wanting to seem smart. That is the only explanation <laughs> I can give you. And do you know what? It's not fucking smart. It's shit. It is a terrible, horrible, horrible piece of shit. And honestly... I would have to stop myself if somebody went, oh, no, it's brilliant, it's wonderful, it's so... Before they got to the end of so, I would actually have to be stopping myself from punching them in the face. Mark, I'm just watching the trailer now, um, just in the background. First of all, I'll agree, the trailer looks fucking boring. The second point is, there's a quote from The Guardian there, and it says, fascinatingly strange and smart, The Guardian. Not smart. <laughs> not smart, and it's not fascinatingly fucking strange either. It's not even strange. Right, you've confused. To be fair, though, that's the strange and shit, and that is the problem. It is a film that will that is screaming at you. Look how quirky and weird we are, and it's not. You're just shit. <laughs> hated it. Absolutely hated it. Uh, Robbie Collin from the Daily Telegraph said, "Cool, smart." Well, that don't funny. Me. Smart seems to be the key word that they were going it's for. It's not here. smart. Honestly, I actually, I do like Robbie Collins writing a lot of the time, despite the fact that I disagree with him on almost every fucking film. But it's not smart. I do not understand. I might dislike it disproportionately to how much somebody should dislike it. But it's not smart. There is nothing smart about it at all. It is vaguely interesting in a fleeting glance. Beyond that, it's just shit. 
just because it's cheap <laughs> and it stars people who are, who you wouldn't expect to be in this type of film doesn't make it smart. This film costs four million euros. Hey, Ian, your fucking transgender iPhone 5S film will look than <laughs> this, I guarantee you. <laughs> Fuck it, honestly. Is it fa- where was it? Where was it filmed? Is this filmed? Uh, well, it, 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 it was filmed in some Irish guy's back garden, probably. Honestly, it's fucking awful. All right, Mark. Fair enough. I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. Right. It looks. Um, it looks. How would how would it have fared if it had been directed by um, Spike Jones? Uh, still wouldn't have given a shit. Uh uh, seems like the type of thing that I could imagine. Yeah, I don't know. It's... From from a film that looks like it was uh, shot in someone's back garden uh, to a film that ends in a uh, horrible back garden in Liverpool. Um, our second feature review <laughs> is is Creed, uh, or also as it's been billed here as Rocky Seven, apparently. Uh, really? Which I've never seen it build as Rocky Seven at all. That's what I've been calling it. It's Creed, also known as Rocky Seven, um, starring uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it is the story of not Rocky. Uh, actually, it's the story of Adonis Johnson Creed, who is Apollo Creed's illegitimate. I'm, I'm, son. I'm, I'm just going to go for a piss. A talk amongst yourselves, even though Mark's probably going to take the entire time just to go through the synopsis. <laughs> I enjoy no. I'll be synopsis. Let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. But talk amongst. Uh, just carry on. Just go. Hey, you, Michael, be right back. Yeah, I, Michael, be pissing. <laughs> yes, it's uh, about Apollo Creed's bastard son um, who grows up um, and is raised by Apollo Creed's widow. Uh, he is a self-trained boxer who goes off to Philly to find Rocky to teach him how to box. There we go. Synopsis done. Ian Creed. Ian's gone. Ian's gone. Creed, what did you think? Right, well, um, yeah, as, as I was kind of just uh, hinting out there, I think um, Creed is a successful film in many respects. Um, it works to a degree with me because of the qualities that it has, but um, it's not the it's not it's not it's not Rocky Seven. Um, it successfully uh, manages to sort of not not reinvent that franchise because I don't really think it does. I think it's it successfully makes a new boxing movie uh, that is connected to that franchise, and it does so in a way that will work with modern audiences and um, has you know uh, a. a a grittier storyline and a, uh, a sensibility that isn't quite as um, upbeat or um, occasionally corny as something like Rocky two or three. Um, so it succeeds. It's just in a, in a year that in a year that had Southpaw, uh, I just, I don't know why it really needs to exist. Um, it's a successful film. It's well put together. It has it has good moments in it, but like Steve Jobs, it's just not the film that I was after. I don't think. Ian, uh, what were your thoughts on initial thought from Creed? I thought it was I thought it was good. 
Um, it sounds like I enjoyed it more than no. I um, I certainly have problems with it, and uh, I can see they were they're kind of trying to almost go for a mix of Rocky and Rocky Three, um, in in a way here with the kind of like the the opponent who's a bit of a prick um, and kind of goading like Clubber Lang was, but with the kind of the quieter moments as well. But it, I don't know. It's, it's a weird one because it seems like it wants to be its own thing, but at the same time, it's constantly pulling the Rocky nostalgia chords as well. Mm. Um, it, I, it, I, I obviously, they're trying to appeal to Rocky fans as well as attracting a new audience. And I think the film probably does it as successfully as any film could. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm maybe not, not as much on the train for it as other people. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was a huge fan of the, the, the Rocky series. So I was quite sort of looking forward to this in the fact that when it first sort of came out, they were doing a, a Creed movie. It was kind of, oh, yeah, we're doing a Creed movie and Rocky will make an appearance. And then all of a sudden it became, yeah, we're doing a Creed movie and Rocky's in it. We're doing a Creed movie and, and Rocky is kind of second billing, let's be honest, uh, in it. And it's, it, it's, although it is about Adonis Creed, there is a lot of, there's a lot more Rocky in it than I was kind of expecting, which was a nice kind of, it's nice to have that because he's, he's a great character. Um, I loved the opening. Um, I was sort of, I, I was willing it when she sort of say, you know, before the, the Creed title comes up, you go in and it says, oh, it, you know, who? And then I think it says, like, who was it or something like that? And you go, oh, please fill the screen with Creed. Yeah. And it doesn't. I was like, it oh, doesn't. Oh. It's got a really low, like, it just starts and it's got a, a, just mm-hmm. a sort of, it's just low and it's like, Oh, you're not gonna give me that, are you? You're not gonna give me that feeling. You're not gonna give me that sort of. And that's that's ultimately my problem. I understand that if you want to make a modern boxing movie and you want it to be connected to to the Rocky franchise because that makes more financial sense. I understand that it needs to be more modern in tone. It needs to be you know, less 80s and less garish, and it maybe needs to be more gritty and reflective of the original Rocky film. But you know what? Rocky Balboa managed to do that quite well. Yeah. This, and it, and it still, man, Rocky Balboa managed to do that quite well, but it still had those punch-the-air moments. It still had those moments where you want to stand up in your seat and properly grit your teeth and go, people, I didn't get that from this. I think people forget that Rocky Balboa was actually a really good film. Yeah. I think that's kind of been kind of forgotten because i've seen people saying oh it's the best rocky film for years it's like well it is like the first rocky film for nine years so that's not really that much an achievement and plus rocky balboa was a good film you know yes this is better than rocky five but you know you're then going back to sort of (laughs) rocky fucking four which you know was what mid 80s um, so yeah, of course it's the best Rocky film for years because it's the only Rocky film for years. Well, by lumbering, by 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 lumping that sort of attachment to to Rocky on there, what you have to do then is you have to get Sylvester Stallone to occasionally walk into shot and sort of reference something that happened in the past, and that's it's not it it doesn't. It just that just feels like it's it's going. Oh, remember this is still kind of a Rocky film, and in doing things like that, you sort of, you, I don't know why it's necessary, but it actually actively damages 
they, like the whole the one one big thing that I'll never forgive this movie for doing was making um, Creed sort of you know when he walks into the um, into the restaurant and he's looking at the photographs and he says to he says to Rocky oh I believe you had that fight behind closed doors yeah who won that fight yeah. and Rocky Rocky turns around and he says oh well you know it's kind of a it's kind of a secret sure and then, uh, yeah. That, when he said that, I was like, oh, thank God for that, right. And then he sort of, he says, oh, well, yeah, Creed sort of won. And it's like, oh, fucking hell. Now ah. you've ruined that. Why did you do that? Um, apparently, in, like, I was reading a thing where the original kind of script for that bit was as Michael B. Jordan's walking out, uh, Rocky turns round to the, to the um, picture, looks at it and goes, well, that's what he'd tell you anyway, and walk and laughs and walks away. Mm. But then they cut that bit out, and it is a little yeah. bit like, oh, yeah, you, you know that. You never see that. It should have remained a fucking secret. Yeah. I would have been. I would have been happy to, to let this. Yeah. I would have been happy to let this film be and just go. They made a modern boxing movie. They tied it into the Rocky franchise, and that's fine. And yes, it had Rocky in it in some sort of degree. But I, in my head this will not be connected to the Rocky franchise. However, that one moment kind of made me think, yeah, I kind of wish this film didn't exist now. Yeah, well, I was, I was very... So, no, that sounds really petty. I was but... very worried that, 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 that they were going to kill off Rocky in this movie. Uh, and that would have... As it was going along, I set up saying to Bex, I'm worried now because if they kill off Rocky in this movie, it's going to make me hate this movie. Well, I, I kind of wonder whether they were going to do that when they started and shooting and maybe yeah. yeah i like because it it doesn't quite feel as integral as it should do but does uh, anybody do you feel like this do you feel like they're looking for a franchise here because i yeah. don't feel really yeah I think, they, I think i think they absolutely were looking for a, a new franchise um with the fact that you know that you get um the What's it, Tony uh, Bellew turning around to him at the end of what is it and saying, you know, you're the future of this, what is it? It's very yeah. much setting up. And like Ian says, I, I do think there was an idea um, to kill off Rocky. And then they thought, you know what? Maybe maybe we we have him in another couple or at least the next one and then we can drop uh, him that. Keeps the connection. Because yeah. we, we can keep milk because we haven't we haven't got enough out of Creed yet. For him to fly solo in it, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, against that just because of the the genesis of the film, where Ryan Coogler, the the, the director and co-writer, he basically took the idea to the studio hmm. and and said, you know, why don't we do this? And then he got Sylvester Stallone involved. So I think certainly from the studio's point of view, yeah, they want to maybe do some sequels and whatnot, but it. It doesn't. It feels like the genesis of it was with good intentions at the very least. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. But the studio will have straight away have thought, Do you know what? If this is a success, which it has been, uh, uh, you know, a big success, we can throw a, you know another one. And I've, I mean, I've got to say, I got the impression that that um, like who won the fight thing was was Rocky kind of saying it just to yeah appease him uh, yeah. i to be i didn't get the impression that 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 was actually definitely the case um 
Sorry, that's right. my that's my smoke alarm. And Claire's burnings. <laughs> I will well, mute for a moment. Go check and make sure your house isn't burning down. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I just so that, that that's my thoughts on that. But um, I just. I, I mean, I, the thing is, I enjoyed it though. Um, I, it, it's yeah, it's it, it, it's it's it, it's it is an enjoyable, an enjoyable movie. Um, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is one of those actors where I, I find that he's a good actor, he's a solid actor, but I get the feeling like he's always on the cusp of me going, "Please shut the fuck up." Yeah, perhaps. I don't. I, I just. I. I really. I, 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 sorry, I'm finding it hard to get my words out, and I don't know why. I, I, I thought Michael B. Jordan was fine. Um, I, I don't, there, there are images in this film that I remember though. Like there's an early one where um, he's watching footage of Apollo, yeah. and he starts shadow boxing in front of like the projected image, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah, and the 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 the, the fight scenes up up until uh, the um, the end fight scene. Um, shot in that bathroom in Liverpool. Um, up until that, the, the fight scenes were really good. The, the, that one where essentially he gets his ass handed to him uh, was a great kind of bit that comes out of it, where you know he, he takes on that one guy, knocks him out in like seconds, and then the other guy comes and says, all right, I'll fucking get in the ring with you, and teaches him a lesson. That there's a, the, the sound effects on that are great, because that sounds like it fucking hurt. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I like the way that that guy doesn't figure back in it. I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe this is gonna, That's it's gonna, it, yeah. it's gonna be set up that he's gonna be a bit of an antagonist, and may, maybe that will come in future ones. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. It just every now and then it zigged when I thought it was gonna zag or vice versa, and I, I appreciated that. I mean, you, Rocky is Rocky in this. He's, yeah, you know, it, it, it works. I like the fact that that, um, that, that essentially has been. You can see that in the bits we don't see between um, him, you know, in in the boys' home to um, to when uh, Apollo's widow uh, essentially adopts him, mm. up to the you know that that gap bit that we get there. You can definitely see that she's kind of she's sort of brought him up as Apollo Creed's son, yeah, uh, and that she's she's done that as her own son, but also. She's talking about a dad and she's telling stories. So it, 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 essentially he's grown up not with this this uh, idea of, you know, hating his dad because, you know, he, he was legitimate or anything like that. She's kind of said, you know, if he'd have survived, he you know, you wouldn't have been his mistake and his dirty secret. You'd have been his son. Yeah. And th- there's definitely that. And, you know, it's almost despite the fact that she's not seen Rocky in years, you know, she, she's obviously said, you know, Rocky, you know, was very important. He had anything like that, and the fact that he keeps calling him uh, Unk, it, it, it kind of, I felt like it should have annoyed me, but it kind of didn't, because you get the feel with Rocky that he kind of he liked that. Um, and then there's the bit where he he says, you know, we're not family, we're just playing at family, and then he all of a sudden he's like, I fucking wish he didn't say that. Yeah. You, know, you, you you get that overt. One of the things that always made Rocky as a character work was the fact that he was a boxer. But he was actually a really nice guy, and it, it mm. just so happened that he was good at that. He, he was the he was the anti boxer, you know. Boxing has always been a thing of it's these guys who you know are very good at beating people up, and they can have that gift of the gab, and they can talk and they shit talk. And Rocky never had that; he couldn't shit talk anybody because he was just too nice. And you know, you still sort of have that here where he's passing that on to you know 
to, to, to Creed, and it, it, it worked really well. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's a sense of continuity there. That it does it does feel like Ryan Coogler studied the previous films and knew what the fuck he was doing there. And um, I, I, that's the, that's why I don't think it, it, it particularly came from a cynical place. I mean, that guy after Fruitvale Station could do a great many things. So it was interesting to see him do this, and now he's doing Black Panther. And the fact he's doing Black Panther, it kind of makes me feel like it's because he wants to do it. It's not because like a shoot it's not it's not like it's just a studio jobbing director thing so that that has me interested i mean i wasn't a massive fan of fruitvale station but um i'm certainly like creed more but he's an interesting director um sorry yeah, stubbing stallone apparently was a, was a huge fan of him uh on set was was really i think it was stallone was what was really interesting was because he's, he's he's young isn't he ryan coogler he's, yeah. he's he's like 20 he's like 28 when he was making this movie mm. Um, Stallone said, you know, the, the good thing about him is, is he had his ideas of the film and he had the way that he wanted to do it. He said, but he wasn't, he wasn't sort of cocky and arrogant enough to not sort of turn around and sort of say, oh, look, um, I, I, I sort of, not, not sort of having shadow directing, but sort of say, oh, how would you, how would you do this? And how would you yeah. do this in this film? And, and, you know, you did this here. And what do you think about this? And was was you know, it's his movie. It's his version of the movie. I didn't direct any of it, but it was it was cool the fact that you've got this 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 guy was sort of willing um, and um, had enough kind of humility to turn around and sort of go. I've got all this experience stood next to me. Why don't I use it a little bit to help my movie? Yeah, exactly. He, he did that, and Stallone said that you know he was. He said a lot of the time, I wasn't advising and stuff. He was just kind of going, "Oh, what do you think? I want to do this. I want to do this." And I was just going, "Yeah," and you know, was kind of just saying, agreeing with him more than sort of guiding him along. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a well-made film. Um, my obvious problems with it is the fact that it becomes a little bit Everton obsessed, uh, towards the end of it. And, you know, one of Stallone's only, uh, failings in life is that he's a fucking blue nose. But beyond <laughs> that, um, yeah, it, it's, I, I enjoyed it. There were a few bits that made me go, Get that kind of oh, and then there was also a few bits that made me go. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, it, 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 I did like the fact they put a bit of a beat behind uh, when the music comes in when the Rocky theme arrives. I was going to mention the sort of running through the street moment. Um, where well, they're doing the kind of the, the sub Rocky, yeah, 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 yeah we've got we've got to rise now or whatever. It's yeah, called, and, right? and again, yeah. I th- I'm, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but again, that just didn't get there. Like, and, and I, I, it felt like they were going for a sort of you know a real Philadelphia moment. Apparently, this motorbiking thing in the street is a, a very Philadelphia thing. I'm guessing <laughs> that, that, that's been. It like just a, didn't build a into that. So I didn't. It just didn't. I didn't feel like. I don't know, it just it didn't give me that feeling well, that I want from a Rocky movie. Bex turned around to be joined that bit and went, when the fuck did Creed become a Macklemore video? <laughs> uh, halfway through that bit, you know, and it just seemed like that's been one of like the images of, of this year, because it was in um, Straight Out of Compton as well, that you've ever seen that's basically the same as that as well. Mm, I, don't um, <laughs> I think Noel's got to go anyway. Yes. I do, yeah. So, uh, I'm so, sorry about that. I'm going to have to duck out early. But, um, yeah, for the record, uh, definitely not shit, but uh, not the movie for me. Um, did you enjoy Lisa Bonet from High, High Fidelity? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Smart. Yeah, that's brutal. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, on that note, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave you guys and thanks for having me. Nice one, cheers, mate. Right, speak soon. Bye. Right. Um, I, 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 how close have we been on Creed? I think, I think we're pretty done anyway. Yes, um, I, it's definitely not shit. I, I really enjoyed it. I would, I'd happily watch another, uh, Creed movie with these people involved. Um, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it was, it was, it's it's a lot better than I expected it to be, is what I would say there. Yeah, I, I like I again I'm not quite on in the tank for it as a lot of people are, but I certainly did not hate it. It's a really it's a very very good time. Yes, exactly. It is absolutely that. So uh, yes, um, I don't think we've actually got any questions because we did put the uh, call out for questions quite late on, and I think um, everyone's kind of just it's still in that Christmas period of not really wanting to do anything and typing anything would be too much fucking work. That is. Um, so I'll just double check. Mitch, we don't have any questions. No. Um, so, Ian, what are we covering uh, next a week? Uh, Joy, is it? Joy, yes. Um, looking forward to that myself. Um, and then uh, the week after, uh, we have a special show, don't we? Uh, yeah, man. 70mm uh, Hateful Eight and like end of the year show. So God knows how long that's going to be. Uh, and we're, we're recording that uh, with each other. We're, we're, we're yeah. recording that. Uh, yes, and uh, hopefully we'll have some other people on as well. Um, yes. Hopefully, so we shall see. Yeah, I've, I've got to formulate my 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 lists uh, between now and then. But I've got a I've got a couple of weeks to get on with it. I suppose. Yeah. So many things to watch. Yes, me too. Uh, anything else to add then for this week, Ian? That'll do for me, mate. Nice one. Cool. Uh, right, so that was episode 140. Uh, you get in touch with us uh, at Dude and Monkey, uh, at Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, DudeandMonkey at gmail.com. At, at FilmRant. At FilmRant, of course, yes, because uh, he's got an iPhone. Um, so, yes, uh, we thank you very much for listening, and we shall speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Cool, I'll get you up.